Welcome into another All 22 Daily, the 2nd of March 13th. And there's a good reason that it's the 2nd of March 13th. What a day we had, Ray. Yeah, it's it was wild, which is kind of what we expected, right? Because like we said, everybody just negotiates deals very fast as soon as the uh, tampering period opens up, right? So everything is done by the book. And that's how all these deals get hammered out so quickly. Yeah, that's right. There's some really good agents. They work quick, uh, but it really was a wild day. Uh, from the minute that the the legal tampering period opened up, there was moves being made. And let's uh, try to highlight a couple. Ray, start us off. What was what were some of the biggest moves that you'd like to mention? Yeah. So the first one I'd like to mention, um, not my favorite move, but maybe after sort of sitting on it a little longer, not my least favorite move either. And I think you start with the quarterback, Jimmy G, uh, signing a three-year, $72.75 million deal uh, with the Raiders, $34 million guaranteed, all of which is really not very much for a quarterback these days, uh, which I think at this point can be expected. Uh, I think we mentioned back in episode 23 of the podcast that if the Raiders grab Jimmy G, we didn't see any way that 12 months from now, they don't have a new head coach and are either looking for their next franchise quarterback or had drafted their franchise quarterback in this upcoming draft and are looking to move on into that era, right? So this contract uh, pretty understandably does nothing to change that, right? Um, essentially, Jimmy G at this point is a solid bridge quarterback in his career, uh, 22nd in overall grade, uh, 24th in big time throw rate, 32nd average depth of target. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and and drag a middling team um, to big wins or a deep playoff run or anything like that. But he's a veteran. He's solid. He's going to keep the offense moving, learn the offense and just kind of stabilize things on the field. Right. Um, so I think uh, the situation that he has in in Vegas isn't nearly as conducive as where he's coming from under Shanahan right now going to McDaniels. Um, so I think it's a little unstable there. So if in all 22, you likely had Garoppolo as a backup quarterback or maybe a bi-week filler. Uh, and I don't think this does anything to change that, right? He's not your primary go-to at the quarterback position, but someone you have there as a stash in case of an injury or a bi-week fill that you need uh, throughout the season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy you brought him up. I tweeted out earlier today that uh, it's really great to talk about how, how many weapons your quarterback has, but if he doesn't have the offensive line, he doesn't really have much at all. And uh, with Jimmy G going there to the McDaniels offense, I definitely like the relationship that they have together. Uh, I'm sure that he will be decent in his time there, but you have to be worried about his injury history and about what that offensive line is going to be able to do for him. Um, without Without that protection... Picture Jimmy G being an eight-week starter and whoever they draft at pick eight or wherever they're picking ends up being the starter at some point throughout the year. Yeah, don't disagree. So um, I think it was either somehow Aaron Rodgers wants to reunite with Devontae Adams over there or you look at a bridge to, to the next era and uh, I think the signals they're going the bridge route. So yeah, don't hate I, it and you see you see how it's going. Go they, were, they were waiting on... Uh, Rodgers too, I think. And it's uh, pretty interesting because I don't know who gained leverage in this thing, the Jets or the Packers. The Jets might be one of the only options left for the Packers to trade Rodgers to. But at the same time, the price tag just keeps going up with what these quarterbacks are getting paid, right? We saw Carr get paid. We've seen guys get paid this offseason. Lots of money is getting thrown around. 
And I'm going to go to the Bears, who threw around a, around a lot of money today. Um, but I liked the moves they made. So uh, they, they, they traded away Roquan Smith. He signs a $100 million deal with the Ravens. And instead of themselves signing him for that $100 million deal, they go ahead and turn that into a TJ Edwards and a Tremaine Ed Edmonds, uh, which a, with a combined salary of under $100 million, right? So they're going to get both of those guys for at least three years, um, 72 millions for Tremaine Edmonds, uh, 19.5 for TJ Edwards. They're both really solid linebackers. Uh, TJ Edwards had like a breakout year. He graded out with an 84.8 defensive grade, really good run, defend, run defender, but he's also a good pass rusher. So played over a thousand snaps. And then Tremaine Edmonds, still only 24 years old. Guy is 24 years old, making $72 million. Like if I was 24 years old, making $72 $72 million, <laughs> I would have gotten a lot of trouble. But he had the best year of his career, 79 uh, defensive grade. Uh, he's a sure, sure tackler, but he's good in coverage too. He had an 88 coverage grade this year, which is phenomenal for a linebacker. Um, I really like those two moves they made. And then on top of that, signing Nate Davis to a three-year, $30 million deal. Again, helping to shore up that offensive line. We've talked about the Bears and how we think that they should go that route, especially in the draft. I do think the signing of Nate Davis might make them decide to go the defensive route with that their first round pick, but they have two second round picks that they could go and add playmakers and players to that offensive line. So I think now what that tells me is they're free to add the best pass rusher uh, with their first round pick. And I think that might end up being your guy, Ray. My guy, Georgia. Oh man, if he's if if they let him if he's still on the board, that's a great pick for them, right? Yeah, Nolan Smith. Uh, I guess people still haven't completely caught on. I think. I don't know. I think I think they're still just sort of holding on to their priors with uh, with Will Anderson and Nolan Smith being, you know, quote unquote, undersized and all that good stuff. But uh, that'd be a heck of a pick if if they could pull it off. Right. Maybe sort of another speed rusher in that sort of Robert Quinn mold that they had for a while there out in Chicago. So, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but I agree. I think you get two solid players at a position like linebacker. Uh, you know, you take that trade off, even though you're losing a guy like Roquan Smith, who is a, a very good player with some high upside there. Um, I like the moves and what they've done and they still have a ton of room left and, and a ton of options, you know, at their disposal to, to maneuver around as they see fit um, on both sides of the ball. So they're just getting started over there in Chicago and it's going to take some time, right? No one's saying they're going to be a playoff team in 2023 or at least projecting them to be that right. Um, but they're at least putting the pieces in place. Uh, they're signing some, you know, players in the entering the prime of their career. So you can sort of see the runway and, and the path that they're taking and sort of a, as you like to always sort of allude to, right? That three-year window, they're sort of entering or laying the foundation for their three-year window over the next couple of years. Yes, they are. And, it, you know, uh, from a all 22 perspective, you now have, players on that defense you want to invest in, right? A guy like Tremaine Edmonds, who's 24 years old, he's going to be the cornerstone of that defense now. That's a guy you want to invest in. But TJ Edwards is a really buy low, high upside player that you might be able to get for maybe a third round pick in a trade. I go target a guy like that because he's going to do great things there. And then a Nolan Smith, if he ends up next to those two guys, uh, you know, rushing the passer, he's going to do tremendous, right? So all really exciting things. Uh, but Ray, I'll let you go. Who did you have next on your uh, your list there? Yeah, so next up was someone who wasn't even a free agent, but uh, obviously huge news uh, out of Atlanta. Chris Lindstrom signed a five-year, $105 million extension with the Falcons, right? Uh, we've spoken a lot about the guard position this offseason, 
And this has huge implications for guards in All-22, right? So for those who may be new here, All-22 is the fantasy football game that allows you to draft and manage a full 53-man roster and set full offensive and defensive lineups each week because we use PFF weekly grades and positional weights to score each player each week. So it's essentially, right, that Madden franchise mode in fantasy football format, right? So check us out. Um, But we've talked about how the average top five annual salary for guards driving their position value was $15.7 million this past season, right? So this contract is worth on average $21 million per year. That's a 34% increase to the previous number. We did not have guard on the radar as a position to watch this offseason as something as a position that can move up in value in all 22, right? Because Lindstrom wasn't scheduled to hit the free agent market this year. So this is a bit of an unexpected boost. And for the Falcons, they solidify a stud at right guard uh, for years, and he's entering the prime of his career. We talked about how dangerous that running attack is now. They just need to figure out you know, that, that offense through the air and who's going to be their quarterback and who's going to really drive that whole bus and bring everything together. Um, and if they do, then they can be in some serious business. So um, for today, it's a big move for Atlanta. It's basically just improving the health of that roster and the environment around their future QB, whether that's Ritter or someone they trade for or draft uh, moving forward. That's yet to be determined, but at least they're solidifying the pieces around whoever that quarterback is going to be. Chris Lindstrom earned every dollar this year, right? I think he graded out 92-something PFF grades. He was incredible. Um, Earned that money. Like you said, guard position, weights going up. Um, They were probably the other winner of day one, or maybe not a winner, but they were the biggest spender, right? So it was the Bears and the Falcons. Every five seconds, you're seeing their names pop up. So that was really exciting. Um, I just wanted to mention quickly another offensive lineman. I was very happy to see uh, another re-signing, not necessarily a guy um, that was coming from free agency, but Jason Kelsey going back to the Eagles, cornerstone of that offense, guy that's a veteran, a locker room presence that's really important to that team, helped them get to a Super Bowl, and he's a guy that's going to help them get back there. Uh, they lost a lot of players today on that defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a you know major, major uh, thorn in their side, but getting a guy like Kelsey to come back, kind of helps to keep that foundation in place and make sure that those players aren't panicking, right? With all these players leaving, they're not panicking. So I really like that for them. Um, but I'm going to actually go back to the NFC North with the Lions. So the Lions last year had a 48.8 coverage grade. They went and picked up a very low-key signing today with Cameron Sutton from from uh, the Steelers. He lined up 75% of his snaps on the outside. He had a 70.4 coverage grade. Still only 28 years old. They signed him to a three-year deal with 33 million, but only 22.5 guaranteed. So essentially it's a two-year deal. When he's 30, if he starts declining, you can get rid of him, not lose a lot of money. Um, and I think that's a huge, huge investment for them and, and a really subtle one again, because they can still go into this draft and get a guy like Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez in the first round at pick six, I think they have. They can still do that and, and have Cameron Sutton on the other side being a veteran presence holding it down and really helping them increase that coverage grade. So low-key, great investment by a really smart team that's doing everything right this year. Yeah, I like to see teams that at least fill their holes leading up to the draft. So when they're on the clock, there's not you know that flashing red light saying, hey, we have absolutely no corners to work with if we had to play a game tomorrow and line up on the field, right? And this is essentially that sort of signing. It's a veteran, solid player. Whether you draft a corner in the first round or not, right, he has a role on this team and a role on that defense. So it's just smart team building on on their part. And 
Um, it's just another and sort of a long line of moves over the last year and a half, two years or so of them slowly and steadily building that roster up and, and just increasing the overall health of that team. So good, good on the lines for sure. Right. And it's, a, and it also makes me confident as an all 22 investor. If I'm, if I'm going in and investing in that team, if you do draft a Devin, Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez after Detroit lands them in the draft, you have to feel a lot more comfortable with, with taking on one of them, knowing that there's going to be other guys in that coverage where maybe their first game of the season, they're not going to be asked to guard the number one receiver of the other team, right? They can settle into that role and become, become, uh, you know, a more consistent player slowly and help you in the long term instead of getting kind of torn apart early on and maybe losing some confidence. But I wanted to sneak one more in, and that's talking about the one that just came through, which was Marcus Davenport signing a one-year, $13 million deals with the Vikings. Uh, my mind's blown. My mind is blown. Bobby called this one too, and I'm pissed because he's two for two. Good for him. But why a 26-year-old goes and signs a $13 million one-year deal kind of blows my mind. When I looked at his snap count, he hasn't played over 400 snaps, I think, in two of his four seasons, something like that. Like very, very few game, uh, seasons has he had more than 400 snaps. And 400 snaps is very low when you're talking about today's NFL. There's edge rushers getting over 1,000 snaps in a season. So like that for him, to, betting on himself, you know, let, let him go and have a breakout year so that he can get his payday. The only thing I'm questioning is, why not get 25 million? Why not get 30 million? If you're taking a one-year deal, you're 26 years old. I think he's graded out in the 80s, two of two of his years. Yes, it's limited snaps, but he's grading really well. Why not get a little bit of money, even if you're taking that short-term deal? But good on the Vikings for making that happen. Might be able to walk away from Zadarius Smith now too. Yep, that's exactly right. I think this is a move now that allows them to walk away from Smith. They get a free one-year look, not free, but they get a one-year look at uh, at Davenport here to see what he can bring to the table, right? And if, again, provided both of their health, right? Because we're talking about Daniil Hunter on the other side uh, on the edge, which both of them have had trouble staying healthy throughout their careers. But if they're both healthy, that those are two premier talents at edge. So that's an extremely important position on your roster. You got two guys in the prime of their career who have great upside. You're definitely crossing your fingers about their health, but if they both hit, that's that's huge for that defense. Right. And I don't know if you you noticed the trend, right? So I went Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. So Green Bay, we're looking at you. What's happening? When are you going to make your move? Well, take it easy. Uh, didn't didn't someone come out and say that there's a time and a time limit for everything? Wasn't that uh, said today? Just R-E-L-A-X. Relax. There you go. Relax. <laughs> It'll all work out. Ray, did you have anybody else you want to talk about before we end it? Uh, uh, that's it. I think for a whirlwind, uh, you know, day one of the tampering period, it's not, it's not quite free agency just yet. Right. And so, um, we could, we could be out here for hours talking about all the different moves that were made, but we'll save some of that in-depth discussion for the uh, main weekly podcast episode this week. But these are, I think the, the high level moves that I really wanted to, to hit on today, because these have a big impact on all 22 and all the managers sort of looking at uh, the health of their roster going into uh, the next year of their leagues. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great start. Great day one. We'll be back tomorrow after another whirlwind day that we expect. So uh, we look forward to talking to you again then. Let's go.